Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Trav Chats. I'm your host, IMCF Traveler, and here with me is my faithful co-host, Jorge. How are you doing, Jorge? I'm doing great, Trav. How are you doing? Oh, I can't complain. And we are honored this week to have uh, Daddy J from the <laughs> Inner Miami Podcast here with us this week. How are you doing, Daddy J? Uh, I am fine. They always make me laugh when you intro me like that. Uh, well, it's always Daddy J, Poppy J, whatever I feel like. Oh, and then we also have on with us good old Mike from you know the Greenlock Gang. He founded the Greenlock Gang and is easily you know one of my favorite inner Miami uh, tailgate hangout spots. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing good, man. But I know you only say that because you're planning to stop by my house this weekend and steal my <laughs> signed Morgan jersey, <laughs> and you're trying to butter me up so I won't look when you do it. I, well, I want the Robbie Robinson kit. Let's get that right. I thought he was going to say oh, that one you can such take. A, such a good friend. And then he's like, <laughs> such a good tailgate spot. No, like, you know, I had to turn around and, you know, won't dive much into, you know, Mike's uh, insane stash of kits, even though I think mine's a little bit better now with uh, my diff- 10 different jerseys. But no, it, it's you know definitely a pleasure to have all you guys on with us this weekend. Uh, what a week that we've had since we last recorded uh, last week. And uh, Miami since then has played two games, seen Lionel Messi debut, and is shortly going to finalize two new signings. So I'll start with you, Jorge. What do you think? Let's just go through this past insane historic week. Yeah, so um, I guess I will start with... Uh, the fact that I missed the game on Friday night because I was on a riverboat on the Mississippi in Minnesota and got off the ship just in time to pull up my phone and see that not only did Messi and Busquets make their debut, but uh, Messi really put his imprint on this team and on this league and uh, hopefully on his tenure with this squad with that free kick to win it against Cruz Azul. Uh, But Tuesday, I was home, locked in, and was just savoring every moment of that match uh, from the first kick all the way to the final whistle. And it has been a really remarkable run, and it has been a joy, an absolute joy, to to watch this team do what they're doing right now. Yeah, you know, that, that feels great to say, considering, you know, just kind of the pain of this season so far from all the lows that we've endured to now be able to reap, you know, all of our our patience and willingness to wait out the wait to get Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets and very soon Jordi Alba and more. And I mean, Friday, you could feel the tension in that stadium as you saw, Lionel Messi warming up on the sideline and then putting on the jersey for the very first time and preparing to be substituted into the match. You you could just you could cut that tension with a knife with just how excited people were to see it. And then you know, he comes on, plays 30 minutes and produces a true Lionel Messi moment of magic and you know, that may be one of the best, if not the best, goal scored at Dry Pink Stadium so far. But Jay, I know 
you also had to miss being there live on Friday. Tell me, uh, you, you were watching this on Apple TV, and it was the most viewed match ever on Apple TV and MLS season pass. How how did that feel just watching this match? <laughs> um, it was probably the worst FOMO I've had in my life. Um, outside of buying into some esoteric cryptocurrency that took off that I didn't buy into and advised by some dude I've never met online and regretting that. This was the closest thing I could possibly compare of any uh, event-based items in my life. I was going to get a, a babysitter on Friday and got a call from the daycare. Chloe was out of town with our son, Quinn. So it was just me, and our six-month-old baby, Camille. Uh, I got a call from daycare that I need to take her to the doctor. So did that Friday afternoon and uh, realized that uh, babysitter wasn't really an option anymore and that I was going to wash this from home and um, tough, tough, probably indulged in a little bit uh, too much strength to try and cope with everything. But man, the, the change when Messi and Busquets came on, it is just night and day and, Continuing into, you know, this most recent game, it is it is just an amazing, beautiful spectacle to see. Um, I've seen the sheer joy um, and emotions on everyone's face. I've seen grown men shedding tears, the most beautiful tears you've ever seen in three and a half years of hardship and pain. It was all worth it to hang on. And now we get rewarded with this. And it's just bar none. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I fully agree. You know, it was one of those moments that when it happened, it felt just absolutely surreal. And uh, there's a picture that my friend took because she was taking a video of that free kick. And it was just me with my jaw as close to the floor as it probably could have gotten when that thing hit the back of the net. So it, it truly just an absolutely surreal moment. And, you know, Mike, I know you were there with me. Oh, you were you know, in probably the best seats in the house. And, you know, you appeared on MLS Season Pass. And you, know, you, you were front and center there. How, what was that experience? You know, who did you see? Who did you meet? You know, how does Kim Kardashian really look? Well, let's start with Kim. Um... Kim looks amazing. I, I think that there's a whole bunch of talk. She's on a, a weight loss uh, program that Odessa, Odexa, I think she looks incredible. Uh, great for her. Like, I think there's that, that whole plastic look for her is gone. So leaving it up, I don't want to get too much on the subject, but beautiful woman. Um, it was amazing. Like we, we, we got really lucky, bought the seats before Messi was announced. So we got to be sitting literally above LeBron James and Kim, uh, the moment that stood out most and before it gets to the moment was when Ian went down, um, I had a chance to just look straight at the bench and I've never seen a bench jump like that. Like Leo was the first jump. They all jumped when they knew Ian was in trouble and that the camaraderie, camaraderie of the, the whole team was amazing. And so many people are going to write about inner Miami and, and how it's, it's messy and messy, messy. They're a team right now. From day one, they're a team. Um, I think that's just the coolest thing. And I think we saw that during the moment. You know, everyone everyone watched the kick, but it's when they ran, ran when Messi ran, the entire team jumped on him. And he loved it. He was loving that moment. 
Uh, seeing him run to his family was just amazing. You know, I think that's, I, I think Jace may have said it in, in another uh, podcast recently. That might've been the first time he's ever gotten to go to his family after scoring a game winning goal. Like what a cool moment. Like every single part of that moment was amazing. Mind blowing, just simply mind blowing. Being, being there guys, what, what was the buildup like? Because I mean, watching it back and, you know, um, and seeing kind of like how the team played in that first half, and then you know, you know the beginning portions of the second half. You know the you know, by the time Leo and, and Sergio come on, you know they're lucky to be up one goal, right? I mean, it very easily could have been you know a two three goal deficit um, had Cruz Azul you know finished some of those chances and and Drake you know didn't stand on his head in the way that he did. I mean, what was the what was kind of the the atmosphere like in the buildup? Given kind of the run of play, like what were fans getting anxious? Was there disappointment? Like, what was what was that aspect before you know before our new our new stars took the pitch and took over the game? I mean, truly, the the tension in that stadium leading up to that moment it, it could have been cut with a spoon. Yep. The entire stadium from the very first second of that match were chanting for Lionel Messi to come on. And you know, e- even when Robert Taylor scored to put Miami up one nothing, you know, just before halftime, you could tell that, you know, a lot of people there were saying, you know, okay, uh, like, you know, good, we're up, but we know who we really need. And that, you know, Miami had you know, necessarily struggled up to that point. And everybody knew that, all right, we need Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets to come step on this pitch and change the flow of this game. And and truly, the second that you saw him put on the jersey and finish warming up, that stadium was on its feet. And I, I don't think that for the remaining half hour of that match over in the East stand where I was, anybody sat down. Uh, I truly remember for that entire half an hour standing up, which is just insane. I don't think we've ever had that in a match before. So it was just truly insane how anxious and ready people were to see Lionel Messi step on the field. And, And truly, the second he did, we became a completely different side. And just, you know, even going down quite soon after he came on Miami completely changed how they played and you know he proved to be the difference I mean I, I jump in and say like the, the game was three 30 minute periods you had the first 30 minutes where Cruz Azul was the better team on the pitch hands down then you had about the next I'll say 30 I guess it was yeah with a stoppage time in the first half stoppage you had where the kind of teams were were equalish you had the Robbie Taylor goal and then you have Messi get on the field and and yeah, yeah, Trav, it, it's exactly as you said. Like, it, electric feeling, um, the entire time, ch- chance for Messi. And then when he gets on the pitch, you've heard the phrase, like, every time Messi gets the ball, the crowd chants. But until you've actually been in that moment and seen the entire crowd on their feet cheering for Messi, before he just touches the ball, literally, if it's a one time touch, the crowd went nuts. So much energy, so exciting. And, and it was um, so much fun, just so unbelievable. I mean, that really came across, you know, uh, on the broadcast was the 
how the crowd reacted to every touch, to every turn, to every pass that that Messi made. Like, I mean, you felt, you know, you, you could, if you could just take the audio of the broadcasters out and just focus on the crowd noise, I mean, that came through loud and clear. And, you know, we're fortunate enough, you know, with La Familia that, like, there's always a good presence in that stadium, but this was, this felt different through a broadcast. Um, and it was, it, it really, you know, being able to sense that from a thousand miles away, like I am, um, I just can't, I can't even imagine what it was like to have that in person. I just want to cut in real quick. The, the beauty of Taylor having the setup. Now we've all seen him score beautiful goals. The fact that he has the setup now is just perfect. I mean, it, it's it couldn't have worked out better for him. Yeah, and I think that that's a point that you know we want to talk about you know throughout this. But you know, I think Taylor is a is a player who is benefiting not just from the the players playing with him, but also the tactical setup that Tata has put him in. Um, that first goal, you know, he got good service on that ball from Robbie um, in that Cruz Azul game. But what you saw in the Atlanta match was his ability to combine and play with Busquets and Messi and Joseph in the midfield. And, and that is all because I think he's found a home in Tata system. Um, and his role is he's really being given the liberty to, to play on that left side and cut in and take players one-on-one, which is, we all know, you know, probably his greatest skill set. And it's Thank not you for easy. saying that, George, because on we had a, an episode of the Intermind podcast, and then I was a guest on another podcast as well. And the questions were, who is set up to benefit the most from uh, Messi and from Tata? And it seems like everyone's answer is either going to be Yosef or Campana. Um, I was pretty adamant that Robbie Taylor was going to be the one that benefited the most, not only because of the players, uh, of the just change and control we're going to have of the uh, quality of passing and service that Robbie will receive. But more importantly, <clears throat> Tata Martino um, is known for really getting the most out of his wingers. You look back to the glory days with Atlanta, and what he was able to get out of Miggy Amaron is just not praised enough. And now he is uh, having a hell of a career with Newcastle United and is a fan favorite of Newcastle actually scored last night in Atlanta and the fans there still love him. So I truly think that this is going to be a glorious situation for Robbie Taylor. And I think he is going to have the best season of his career. And Fabian shared, it was something on his market cap is 800,000 currently. And if he continues to thrive, then we can expect that to rise substantially. The downside of that is that he might get, you know, picked up by a European team or, um, you know, a team from a from a larger league or he's willing to pay him uh, quite a bit of money. But we need to, to enjoy what we have now because in the past two games, he has as many goals as Messi. And I think he's quickly becoming someone – that Messi is seen as one of the biggest threats on the team to score. And it's going to be so fun to watch Robbie Taylor finally get his. And it's a confidence thing. I mean, it's not easy to be on the pitch with one of the, with 
the greatest player of our generation. He came out and he, there was no, he wasn't nervous. He played his game and he was there for every minute that he was on the field. He was. And Messi was the first one to come up and hug him uh, after one of his goals. And the, the, the problem I think that Robbie's going to have is I don't know if Robbie can score a regular goal. I don't know if he can just get an easy tap in. Robbie wants everything to just be goal of the week. He has so much talent and so much power in his shots that it is just every time he gets the ball in a difficult angle, he's got a high chance of making it. It's insane. It's, 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 we're truly blessed yeah. to, to have this current uh, roster, and, and now we're getting the best out of our players because we're not only getting the best player of our generation, uh, the best CDM of our generation, uh, but they're really elevating every single player around them, and you see the energy um, and the intensity of every single player on the pitch. Just It's up so many notches just because of the players they have around them now. Yeah, and Joe, to your point about confidence, I think – one of the things that, you know, for us that have been watching this team and know this roster and know the history and know where players have been playing, you know, Robert Taylor hasn't been playing as a strict winger on a dedicated side of the field for basically two years. You know, he's been, he's played as a 10, he's played as a, an eight, he's played as a fullback, he's played as a right wing, a left wing, he's played all over the pitch and he's basically been used as a utility uh, player to fill gaps because this team has had so many holes. And so I think part of what we're seeing is not just the confidence that, that he's playing with Messi, but also the confidence and backing from management that they're going to put him in his best position and let him cook. And, and that's, I think, you know, where a lot of confidence for a player like Robert Taylor comes from. Because he's always been, had that really creative street ball style of play to him, um, where you know, as Jay say, he can't score a normal goal. All he wants to do is score bangers, and that's pretty much his entire career in in Inter Miami uniform. Um, but having the backing of Tata, at least for the moment, because I mean, we're going to talk about you know, so there are more incoming players. Um, and how that may affect the roster. But at least right now, um, he's building a connection with Messi. And it's clear that Tata, you know, backs Robert to play that position and play that position well. And, you know, Tuesday night was, you know, kind of a payoff of, like, what that linkup can and should look like. You were 100% also- spot on. I was, I was at the press conference on Monday with Tata and Robbie. And Robbie was saying... You know, I've been asked to play so many different positions, be that Swiss Army knife, that utility tool, and I'm comfortable in any position. But more importantly, he said, I am just so happy to be starting again. And I hope that that can continue because there were some streets where he was coming off the bench. And to be a full-time starter again is something that he is just thoroughly enjoying right now. And you know, you mentioned a lot of the skills he has, that street ball style, but he has severely underrated foot skills. I mean, this dude has just got him past so many players by slowing down, speeding up, switching feet, and it's 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 beautiful. Well, we've all we've all seen Kramachi, and Kramachi is an amazing player, young kid, and you could tell when he's out on the pitch that he's nervous. 
And Taylor just doesn't have that. It, it, Taylor went out there and just balled. He just balled out the whole time. Correct. That could be an age difference thing. You know, I've, I've, I think we all fully it's see the potential in, 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 in Ben Hunt. And uh, he'll, he'll get there. But, yeah, I mean, Robbie is – he's poised. He really is poised. Yeah, and I mean, I put it out there that, you know, Robbie Taylor, Joseph Martinez, and Lionel Messi is becoming the new oh, – Neymar Suarez Messi that you know we saw at Prime Barso and it, it feels almost like Messi has handpicked this group and been like all right these are the two guys I want to play on the front three with and these are the guys that I feel like I'm going to connect with the best and you know we've seen that with Robert Taylor you know watching Robert Taylor make a what close to 80 yards sprint from box to box and knew exactly where Lionel Messi was going to put the ball for him in Atlanta for the fourth and final goal. That just shows that they've only been training together for a week and they're already on the same page, if not more than that. So it's just such a special thing to watch. And it's such a special thing to watch a player like Robbie Taylor, who's been here for the lows and, you know, watch him succeed as much as he is now. It's amazing what can happen when a player gets proper service. And we all knew Messi would be able to provide highly accurate and just beautiful balls to him. And he's going to capitalize on that. I saw a tweet that literally, you know, made me like laugh out loud. Not just the expression, but like I literally chuckled. And it was, you know, Leo Messi's making Robert Taylor look like Robin Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> that is a pretty good one. <laughs> and it's true. And he's going to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I I, I fully believe that. Um, so where to now, Trav? Uh, well, in true Trav Chat fashion, I don't have anything planned. Uh, <laughs> so I think, you know, now let's look at that Atlanta game. Uh, you know, Miami comes out and, you know, yes, they beat Cruz Azul and they looked good while doing it. But, you know, it still took a 92nd minute, uh, absolutely perfect free kick by Leo Messi to win it for Miami. But now, you know, against Atlanta, completely different story. A game that Miami from the very get-go was in charge of. You know, I'm watching this game on repeat in the background right now. And Miami scores, what was it, seven minutes in? And from there, never looked back. So what are your biggest takeaways from this Atlanta match? So to start, I guess the first five minutes were a bit cagey. Um, Atlanta had some opportunities. They had a goal called back. You had the chip that hit the post. Um, You know, their press, you know, was, you know, pretty consistent, you know, and forcing us to kind of play the ball side to side, uh, you know, across the back line to try and fill space. But, as soon as we found the first gap in that, um, we were able to exploit them. And and that's that ball that Busquets plays over the top to Messi where, you know, he takes it down, gets into the box, hits the post, takes his own rebound and taps it in. Um, you know, that's the first goal. And from that moment, Trav, and I, you know, to kind of reiterate what you were saying, that that took the life out of Atlanta and 
it just energized Inter. And we there was no looking back from that moment. You know, then you have the second goal, then the third goal. And and Atlanta just didn't seem to have any answers. And then and by the time, you know, Robert Robert Taylor hits that wonder goal, um, you know, for his third goal, they were done. Like they we had broken them down and they weren't they were looking to go home by, you know, the fortieth minute. And it wasn't really a competition, you know, anymore. And the patterns of play um, and just kind of the, the confidence that the team had that it was just so refreshing to see as a fan that, you know, finally I get to sit and enjoy this game, you know, get to enjoy watching my team play and dominate. You know, we've, we've had very few moments of, of domination of other teams that we've played over the last few years to have this happen, you know, this quickly it just was like, you know, I, I put a tweet out there that just said, like, is, is it feels like, and it, and it is, like, that's what that was. It was, for me, pure joy in the experience of watching this team play football. And, you know, the result could have been 2-0, 12-0, whatever. It didn't matter. It was just watching them play in the confidence that they were playing with um, that, that brought me that joy. I, I will say on that play... Um... It was beautiful that Messi, as the greatest that he is, he actually went for the rebound, where most players would just kind of take the shot, hit it off the post, and just move back. Joseph was kind of standing there a little bit, but the fact that Messi like went for the rebound was outstanding. Like that's that's why he is who he is. I I think he just knew, you know, as soon as he hit it, you know, he, you know, people will will peel off, you know, I mean, he hit that with his left foot across his body to the right upright. And, you know, that's kind of an awkward position to, to make a strike from and, and then to follow into the center of the goal mouth. I think he just knew, you know, his, his, his IQ for the game and his yeah. feel for, for what he does is just so superior that he knew when he hit it, uh, that's coming back. Yeah. And he, you know, he was, a, you know, he was in an awkward angle and he still beat the next two Atlanta defenders to the ball because he knew exactly where it was coming to. It was almost yeah. as if he passed it to himself. It was beautiful. It, it really was. And just one more thing on that. Uh, you know, you mentioned Robbie Taylor's wonder goal. Uh, shout out Robbie Taylor. Goal of the week in the League's Cup for that absolute rocket of a, uh, of a left foot shot he had. Goal of the match day. Yeah, that, that thing was... Oh, sorry. Not, yeah, yeah, that yeah, may not, be, not, that not may be my favorite match. of his goal of I uh, no, that Philly one's that Philly one's always going to happen for me until he does something more spectacular yeah. than that. But that's a, it's, a, it's a nice it's one. His second best goal. Yeah. The I don't know, man. The angle, the angle, and that it was rising into the top of the net from that angle. It just like that. It's nearly an impossible goal to strike and and, and hit like that. It just was. It was perfect. I mean, he roofed it. Right, it was the goal of the it. chest was beautiful. Yeah. Well, look, his and, highlight reel for this year. If he continues this up with this pace, like finishing out the season, it's going to be a really fun highlight reel to watch. Well, oh, before yeah. we too deep into that, Tommy, I see that you've joined us. Uh, what do you have to say? Yeah, uh, it was really interesting watching Inter Miami. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Messi fan, much like. A lot of new Inter Miami fans. I'm just, there's a worry within my brain that we're not going to make the playoffs. And that bugs me. We're 11 points behind uh, with two games in hand or one 
to most teams. But yeah, it was really nice seeing them better. Atlanta United 4-0. That was uh, exceptional. That was so great to see. And Cruz Azul. Yeah, that's that was all. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, the playoffs... Oh, sorry, Trav. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, the playoffs, we have... You know, we're a couple of weeks away from joining back into to league play. Um, and I think, you know, I... If you've listened to this to these chats before, I, I always try and take a more reserved approach to things. Um, in doing the math, you know, we play a lot of teams in these last 12 games that are ahead of us within that playoff window. And so there's a lot of six-point games um, in this last final stretch to make the playoffs. You know, you'll find, you know, good breakdowns for how many points typically are needed to get into that seventh, eighth, ninth slot um, that would make us playoff eligible. I just, I just feel more confident today than I would have felt this time last week about our actual chances of being able to overcome a deficit like that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. With um, and you. the other thing to, to consider is that, yeah, the other thing to consider with all of this is that, you know, to some degree, the, the playoffs are, the league play and is is one thing, but what is more important to me is that we get ourselves into a position to get into CONCACAF Champions Cup next yeah. season, CCC. Um, so we start playing international ball. Yeah. And and that this tournament, US Open Cup, um, are both avenues for us to get there. Yeah. So I think if we place within you know, if we get third place in this competition. We qualify. Yeah. You know, that to me is, you know, next season looking forward, you know, let's take it all, yeah. but let's get into, let's get into, you know, CCC and, and, and make sure we qualify for, for one of those spots. Yeah. That's true. I, I, that's a, a good perspective to have. But in America or um, in that, um, in those leagues within America, the top four leagues, you usually value the league championship inside the nation. And I feel like the MLS Cup may hold more prestige within the Americas which and USA, which I, means that I value it also. And I want Messi to add uh, on top of his already stacked trophy collection, as well as the team. I do love all the players. I love the goalie. I love Robert Taylor. He's a baller from Finland. That's great. But yeah, there was, I, I really enjoyed listening to this. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm not going to take too much airtime anymore, but thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I like it. I, I really do. Um, I think, though, after you know being here for three and a half years while the mls cup yes is kind of the golden standard that's all the bragging rights but i think you would speak to you know a hundred inner miami fans and i think over 90 percent would put more weight in let's get to the concaf champions cup let's get that kind of champions league action um because yeah it is an uphill hill to climb to get into the playoffs right we only have to get into that ninth spot um i have been uh, like a broken record over the past month saying that we're not going to make it um to be fair i thought it was going to take a lot more time for Messi and busquets to really integrate well with the team but we are seeing a literal night and day difference 
with two games in hand, and as George you know mentioned as well, a lot of the teams we were playing are above us. There are six-point swings. It is very feasible that we can sneak in in the ninth spot. And, you know, I'm not going to put the, the uh, you know, put the carriage for the horse or, or, you know, whatever. But there is a legit outside line where a treble is actually on the table if we can somehow get into the playoffs because we're playing very well. And I know that Cruz Azul maybe – has been struggling in this early Liga MX season. I, I know that Atlanta United, while they are above the playoff line, has been struggling a lot. So I'm really looking forward to the the real tests that are coming up from the teams that are, uh, you know, in maybe the fifth spot or up. Like if Orlando beats Santos Laguna on Saturday and we play them in the round of 32, I'm really curious to see us play the, the top talent in the East to see where we really stand. I try to keep myself fairly reserved. I've definitely gotten out of pocket and maybe way overconfident in the team many a times over the past three and a half years. But, you know, there's a – we just really got to get past Cincinnati. I think if we beat Cincinnati in the Open Cup, then there's a very high chance we win the Open Cup and we're in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. And then depending on how this whole tournament shakes out, it's going to be the first real test. And the best part is – we're only going to get better as the season goes on. So the fact that we get to play an entire tournament, group stages, and not going from group stage to round of 16, but group stage to round of 32, that's just more time for this team to gel and get comfortable with each other. And I think we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg and the potential of this team. It's going to be a really exciting finish to the season. And, you know, most of the real reputable journalists or sports analysts are saying, you know, don't judge Inter Miami this season. It's all about next season, but we can still salvage this season. There's a solid chance we win the open cup. There is a, a, I mean, I feel pretty confident in working our way through the league's cup at this point. So if we can't win the MLS cup, if we can't win or get into the playoffs, so we can somehow sneak out of the season with two well-respected pieces of hardware, hardware, then, you know, I'll take that all day, honestly. I have a question for the two of you. I know you guys have been here since 2020. Um, if we make it to the playoffs and we go deep into the playoffs, are people going to look at us like, oh, well, you guys got messy. That's the only reason it happened? 100. Or 100%? Uh, 100%. Yeah. No, uh, but, but to be fair, well, we've been here since 2019, sir. <laughs> is that a good thing, though? 2019. 2019. Uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm maybe a few months later. I'm just kidding. You know I love you. Um yeah, it's a real thing. I mean, I, I, I fully expect that to be um, – I expect that for the next two and a half years. He exercises that contract. It's going to be three and a half years. And everyone's going to be saying, oh, they're going to suck when he's gone. But, you know, in two years from now, if we sign like Neymar or uh, if we really want to get, you know, Trav excited, if we get that boy Anton Griezmann, who I would love to have as well, mm-hmm. I think we've started our brand. And I think we can keep this thing rolling. But, yeah, there's always going to be that, oh, the league bent the rules – the league paid for Messi, but on the phone call with Jorge Moss, it wasn't like the MLS paid for everything. Everything was handled without needing to, to exercise that mechanism. But yes, they're, they're always going to judge. They're, they're going to hate us. We're going to be the most hated team in the league. But you guys yeah. never expected after two games to be like, okay, Messi is changing everything. Not, no, not Joe, I will, I'm, I will raise. Yeah. I, I think when we win, when the thought of Messi was coming, 
Um, and I think it may have been right around when he actually announced, like, you know, we were in our, in the discord, like throwing out, you know, what do we expect? And I was like, 10 goal contributions, you know, not thinking about leagues cup, not knowing like kind of like when and where he would be playing. I was like, 10 goal contributions, you know, four goals, six assists, like thinking of the last games of the season. I'm stupid. I'm, I'm an absolute idiot. I'm sorry. I apologize to everybody. I, I mean, like he's going to have that in four games. And like, so like my expectations were low. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's, you know, what if, what I, if he, he wins MVP? He is, <laughs> like, oh, wow, as man. good as I, as he's been, I mean, <laughs> right. He, oh, he only played 12 league games when he, but he comes in with the most goal contributions you know, league-wide. <laughs> it's, it's I, I posted somewhere, I was like, we just went from playing soccer to playing football in a week or two. Yeah. I feel like that 2006 like yeah. Kevin Garnett totally. Adidas ad where it's like anything is possible. Like, that's how I feel right now. I have no idea where the, where the ceiling is, where the roof is, but I just know we're hovering right above the floor right now. Yeah, and I mean, you know, what excites me more is that, you know, yes, as much as we're going to hear for the next you know, two and a half, three and a half years that, you know, oh, you know, you're only this good because of Lionel Messi. At Try the same there. time, look at the other moves that wow. are being made. Yeah, Busquets gets tons of credit. Well, Those well, passes down the middle, I, I'm sorry. Those were never happening before this. Well, outside of Sergio Busquets, look at, you know, the other players. Miami's now finally signing. Oh, Diego Gomez, Facundo Farias, uh, Thomas Alves. Uh, you know, all of these, you know, really, really high-end players that Miami is now signing and bringing into the squad. Uh, those are just such exciting players to oh, finally bring in and, you know, build for not only the now, but for the future. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, the, youth, and, the youth coming here is is amazing. I haven't seen a lot of these people play, but I've heard, and I'm expecting a lot, especially with Messi and Busquets on the field. No, and I mean, you know, now it, you know, it's been reported. Diego Gomez has joined the club. Uh, Facundo Farias posted on his Instagram today a goodbye to CA Cologne fans. And today, Miami reached a deal to sign Thomas Alves from racing. So, Miami's not only just you know, relying on Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets for you know, minutes and contributions. They've now brought in three extremely, extremely, extremely promising young players who will, one, not only get to learn from Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba, but they'll get to develop here and we'll get to teach them, you know, from the best that there is and I'll hopefully hold on to them or, you know, more likely see them make, you know, the next big move in their uh, career very soon after. They make the club a lot of money while they're doing it too. You know, if we sell these players off to Europe, then we can make a hefty, uh, hefty bag. Yeah, I spoke Absolutely. to one of them. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jose. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it, this is kind of like the dual pipeline of like what, you know, as you were saying earlier, Jay, like what this team was promised to be, you know, is, you know, this is hopefully the first wave of, 
bringing in not just, you know, top level stars that are still either in their prime or right outside of their prime, but, you know, the, the most world-class players that we can, but also creating the pipeline to draw the talent from other regions um, in, you know, in as youths to develop them here and sell them on while we also are developing kids out of our academy. So like that kind of like three-headed monster approach, I think, you know, if this succeeds, if we develop, you know, Farias and Gomez and Alves, um, you know, and under Messi, and we can kind of create a cycle where this becomes a thing that a destination that, that these players want to come and play, you know, we could really be rolling, you know, for the next five, 10 years. Um, and really become a juggernaut, bro. We're gonna we're gonna win the Concacaf Champions Cup, and we're gonna win the FIFA World World Club Cup. All right, mark my words. I spoke I to will, one of the I parents. I will attend it with you. <laughs> that is. I that spoke to one of the parents. <laughs> I spoke to one of the parents of the younger kids that are on our team. I'm not gonna say who, but and they were like, just the fact that we have Messi teaching him certain things, like, is is amazing. And I I totally understand that as one of the older people in the Discord, like. It really is like having your kid being on the field with Messi and Busquets for free. They're getting taught to be one of the. It's just it's crazy. It is. If I had a guess, it's probably Dominican Messi. No, I, I think I know who it is, but I won't say anything. But uh, well, here's the thing, you know, it's widely reported that Messi is going to get a stake in the club, and he's going to be here. So these kids in the academy that maybe are 12, 13, 14 right now that won't be training with the first team to get the, the messy experience now. Well, if he's a part owner of this team and he's around and visits the academy, he can still pass that knowledge on. This this isn't just a, a two and a half, potentially three year thing. I mean, the impact of this could be to last our lives. I mean, if he's getting a healthy portion of, of this club and, you know, you got David and back outside of the, even the, the, the maybe teaching the kids some tricks or two, right? But you've got David Beckham and Leo Messi hopping on private jets and and recruiting whoever they want in the world. Like that's a tough sell. That is amazing. Uh, no, and I mean, you know, that's a great point. You know, Leo Messi isn't going to only be here for two and a half to three and a half years. He's going to own part of this club, and you know, as with any owner of a business you want to continue to grow it as much as you can so you know signings like these you know young u22 players and you know even these players from the academy like you know david ruiz benja kramaski uh eddie s Kona, ian frey noah allen all of these guys are huge to really see develop because they are the future of this club and they are the future of you know the club's value and what they can do in terms of sales, uh, both here and abroad, you know in the future and you know potentially sooner than that. You know Benja Kramaski had European and Bundesliga clubs looking at him earlier this season. Imagine if he goes on a tear with Lionel Messi in the midfield. We could lose him as early as next year if that happens. Yeah, and you know, and the the talent pool isn't going to dry up over time, right? I mean, we've, it's, South Florida has been recognized um, as this kind of 
untapped potential for talent. And and what we're seeing now is, you know, the uh, Argentinian Federation, you know, opening up shop here. Barcelona has opened up academies here. Um, you know, this is becoming a, a place that, you know, the eyes of the world are on for young players. And so making sure that, you know, we develop guys like Benja and David and Ian and Noah um, and get them to the next step and we become that kind of pipeline, we'll kind of be able to fence off at least some of the top talent to retain them into our system to then become kind of a feeder to, you know, the bigger leagues in the world. You know, at least that's the hope without, you know, the Barca Academy poaching those guys, you know, at the U12, U13, you know, level, like get them, get them in our Academy now and start developing them and turning them out just makes that decision so much easier once we once we've created the pathway yeah i mean i fully agree and you know it it's just the future is so bright and you know finally the now is super bright as well so it's going to be oh just so exciting to see what miami can do both now and the and in the future but on the topic of youngins joining the club uh Facundo Farias is regarded as one of the most promising young players that's joining the club and as the athletic just reported oh, it's expected that his position for the club will be left wing he can also play center attacking mid but with just the revival of Robert Taylor how likely do we think it is that a player like Facundo Farias, who, despite all of his promise, can come in and uh, unseat Robert Taylor, who's just been on probably one of the best tears there is these past two matches. Slow down. Slow down. He had two good games. Two. And Facundo Farias had none for the club, so step out of line and I'll meet you here. It it doesn't matter if it's only been two games. If he continues to contribute at this rate, then he stays in his spot. That's that's the way I see it. Uh, I just want to take this moment real quick if I can. Since Contra's here, I'm going to go ahead and be the bigger man and say I was wrong on Sergio Busquets being washed, all right? I'm going to put that on the record. I'm just going to get this over with. Wait, wait, no more. Don't look for more, dude. I'm giving you all I can give you right now, okay? No, that's it. I will not apologize to him because I'm going to throw his same argument he just used back at him. So it's been two games. Sergio Busquets looked great in his 30 minutes against Cruz Azul, but he looked shaky at times against Atlanta. Did we concede a goal? Facts. He, he put it literally to the foot of Tiago Amato. Did he score a goal? Maybe a couple of inches wide. No, he, he looked shaky. He gave up the ball in front of our own net multiple times and, you know, was shaky and especially struggled as the match went on and as, you know, the heat got to him. Oh, so, uh, yes, he's had some very bright moments, but at the same time, Sergio Busquets has had a couple of hairy moments, you know, especially in that Atlanta match. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I think he's still in preseason mode. That's how I see it. Same with Messi. Yo, if this is Messi in preseason mode. This guy's just arrived, man. It's just arrived to the team. I think Busquets hasn't hasn't played since what? Since May? 
Yeah, it's been a while. He fits in a in a possession based system. He's always been used to uh, Araujo and Barcelona covering him. You know. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm now he's gonna sure. have you know like MLS nobodies. You know, you know McNuggets. You know Christopher McVeigh. Oh my god, that foul! Oh my god. Anyway, um, they're, they're gonna have him him covering Busquets, so it's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve. Like you know, these you know these people are just not gonna be as high level as he's used to. So, you know, it's a learning curve, you know. Well, the midfield is only going to get better. I mean, we still have Gregory trying to make his way back, and we got Mota as well, the Brazilian duo. I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to be back next year. I think probably maybe Mota might be done. Hopefully not, but our midfield is even going to improve further. They're about two months out, so there's a chance we see him at the very end of the season. If we make a run in the playoffs, we, we might have him, uh, you know, full capacity, honestly, both of them. What's what's the timeline on uh, Gregory? Uh, both he's on the both are about two months. The I think it was there. MLS or Intermami Hub. Someone he, he was in the sitting in the box seat and spoke with them both. They both said two months. What he said, they both looked a lot healthier than than what he was expecting. I think that we've heard timelines potentially within like four weeks or something like that. They are exercising. Uh, when I was at the training session, what was that? The Monday after Leo's debut. Uh, I mean, Moto is out there running sprints and, you know, they're trying to get back. So I, I would put it realistically somewhere between one month to two months. Gregory's yeah. a big piece. And I think that it was a little bit of a, of a, you know, press release answer from them to say two months versus, oh, I, I think Gregory's back by the end of August. You know, he's picked it up in training. He's picked it up in the weight room. He, he's he's ahead of schedule by a fair amount of time. Seventy five percent or Yeah, so so that that's exactly what I'm probably gonna get at, Joe, is is we don't need to rush them back because, you know, we have Arroyo's playing well. Yeah, we have is here. You know, like I I'd rather take the time with it than re aggravate the injury in case we need them later on towards the end of the season. Or, you know, if all works out, we can somehow sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, I think that, you know, Miami finally has the luxury of not rushing them back and not saying, you know, okay, like, we badly need Gregory back. Because right now, we don't. You know, Dixon Arroyo's proved to be perfectly serviceable. You know, Sergio Busquets is Sergio Busquets when he's having a good match. And, you know, we don't need them back tomorrow. They're not going to make or break the season for us as much as they would have earlier in the season when they both went down. But I'll say this, the kind of value added by having a Gregory, you know, come in and replace Arroyo, I don't even know if we can fully measure it right now. Um, Because what we've seen is this team play well against probably, well, not probably, a definitely an inferior opponent in Atlanta, right? Like the talent on the field for us was superior purely to that of Atlanta's. We struggled against Cruz Azul before Sergio and Messi stepped on the pitch. Um, what are we going to look like when we face a Seattle, an LAFC, um, a Cincinnati? I think when it comes to when we start talking about making a push for silverware we're gonna have to overcome some of those you know those tougher matchups um within the league 
to do it. And I don't really think we fully grasp where we're at as a squad just yet in comparison to those other teams. So adding, getting, getting Gregory back, I think really would help in solidifying the defense even more so than just having to rely on Dixon Arroyo, who has been very serviceable and has been a good player. And I appreciate what he does, but Gregory's a better player. I agree with and you. He's, yeah, a I don't want, player, and, he's a better player and, by my. I, I don't, I don't want to get yelled at, but I feel like a lot of it is shock value. I mean, you're talking about MLS teams that are playing against Messi and they're on the field and you could kind of tell that they don't want to touch him too hard or, I mean, nobody wants to injure Messi, but eventually it's going to get to the point where it's like, all right, well, we need to pressure him. We need to hurt him. I think that depends on the team. I think uh, the further along we go, the tougher opponent it is. It's it's going to be an even tighter defense going up against I it. think Orlando might think... might be trying to take a chunk out of him as well. And given the amount of injuries we've seen to key players this season, we're already at five. There's very well a chance that someone else is getting injured. So Gregory Moto would be highly serviceable. We have the luxury of depth, something that we haven't had in a long, well, ever. Well, we, right. we still, not, not yet. We hopefully yeah. will have. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks, couple weeks. It's so quiet in here. So, so Orlando. I mean, if we play Orlando, that's that's the main game. I mean, we're Miami. We have to beat Orlando. Well, especially after you know this week's uh, Orlando's. You know, vandalism of an inner Miami mural. Yeah, I was going to mention. You know, how how much does that turn up the temperature ahead of a potential meeting next week? Was it provoked? We didn't provoke them or anything like that. They just came out of nowhere. Right? No, I'm in, that, I'm in the supporters like group. That. I don't want to deal with that bullshit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm all for the smoke, but I sit in the East Stand, so uh, I'm good. I just, yeah. I, I just love that there is, as with anything, um, there has always been. that is caught on camera that there are, that there are theories out there that this is a false flag operation that Vice City did it to themselves. Yeah, and no, I'm just like I, I don't, I don't I'm not putting think... my tin hat on. It's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's horseshit. If you they wrote at... Florida, is, they wrote Florida is purple in the corner of, of the mural, oh. and you can tell it's a different shade, so it's a, it's a spray. Spray can oh, or bro. spray paint bottle for sure, but like uh, you know, either a they made the quick you know three and a half four hour drive down just because they had nothing better to do that weekend, which I could see, or b like I don't think people realize exactly there are Orlando City fans that live down here, you know, that are passionate. Just because they're in, in Miami or you know South Florida proper doesn't mean that they're an inner Miami fan. So maybe visiting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, don't I, send I do Jay wanna, any hate mail. I do want to ask uh, Tata about it in this next presser. Um, you know, before the game, I definitely pissed off a whole lot of Orlando City fans today. And, um, yes, you know, I just. They're you know, everywhere what, today. What did you do, Jay? I missed it. Tell oh, us I what just, you did. Nothing. I just I just made a post about it. You know, I said, um let me find it just like so it. Uh, in-state rivals, Orlando City um, vandalized a messy mural in Miami. And I said, keep in mind, just last year, Orlando was caught cheating and spying on a second division team because they couldn't win the honest way. You know, just kind of making fun of them for spying on a 
a minor league team just to, so they could win their first Open Cup. Uh, it's at 110,000 uh, views right now with um, <laughs> oh, a, Jesus. Very, a very heated uh, comment section. Um, both, I've seen funny comments on both sides. There's been a lot of hostility. We have reiterated we do not condone violence. We have reiterated again, re-commenting on it, that, you know, let's just uh, keep it out of a rivalry banter and nothing more because there's a very high chance that Orlando beats Santos Laguna and we're playing them on August 2nd at home and we all know how these how these games go. Yes, we're both two of the newer teams in the league, but that is becoming a very bitter blood feud. Yes, and this is the point where you say, like and subscribe to the Inter Miami podcast. <laughs> Make sure you guys are following all the time. Oh, I was just driving. If you want to get to stir it up, you know, by Bob Barley, stir it up. Mm. Yeah, and, and Jay, you know, you minced words while you know my retweet turned around and said, "When I say this, I mean it." Fuck Orlando. Salty. Yeah, Bro just has you just go at it. You just <laughs> boom. Like, no, yeah. I agree. Fuck Orlando. You but, but no, Matt, you're right. Because like I'm trying to be like as like you're being the middleman. You're being like, like you know all nice. Like, but then Trav just comes in and drops the hammer, and I'm like, well, you know, I can control the eighteen wheeler just straight page. through. I, I I'm not going to be a dictator. I'm not going to censor the pod squad or anybody that helps contribute to the Intermind podcast. Everyone is free to think their own words, but. um yeah, I, I couldn't re- retweet Travis, but you know, I've, I've caught a little chuckle on the inside. We have, we do have the better Facundo if you really like look into it. You could start that. We do have a better Facundo than they do. Well, what's yeah. funny too is that that's now that's the chance. That's the second controversial tweet I've put out in as many days. So, yeah. Jay, you you may want to like censor me a little bit. I don't know. I don't, I don't like to, to control things. I'm just hoping that there are no serious incidents of violence. I am already know what the majority of the chants are going to be. And um, it's going to be uh, an interesting game. And like I said earlier, I'm really curious um, of what we can do to to the, the the remaining you know the rest of the top five top seven teams. Everyone knows Atlanta's been struggling, but Orlando would be a, a fairly good test. Like for the NYCFC, the Cincinnati game, and the Open Cup. Like these are going to be the real challenges. This is where we're going to be able to see where we are right now. But keep in mind, there's still a lot of room to improve as everyone meshes together with our new signings. Oh, I have a question to ask all of you. I asked this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Chances we win U.S. Open Cup or the game against Cincinnati is one of those questions. Do any of you want to change your percentage chance? What were the original ones? Do you remember? Did you write them down? Uh, Trav said 60. George said 50. You said 30. I said 50. And I think that's it. I said 30? That I, seems I pretty low. No, no, Travis said 60. He's no, I said 30? Numbers. Yeah, you said 30. 30, 35, something like that. You said pretty low. I you wanted was, to be the I realist. 35% chance we signed Messi. That's what I've been saying for like six months now. 
Oh, all right. Well, I'll give you a, a, a rebranded answer. I'm going to also claim that I don't remember that and that you're just making this up. If you don't, if you don't mind, if I if I take that route to feel better about myself, That's fine. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm going to go 75% chance. I mean, I think we've been playing well. Um, a lot of these games, you know, we're, we're not getting blown out. You can tell that the injuries have affected us with when we had Gregory and Moto together, we were playing a lot better. So I've always thought we were just, you know, a couple pieces off or maybe even just one piece off being a much more competitive team. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a 75% chance because I, I think Cincinnati is the hardest team in, in, in the remaining four. RSL is having a great year, but, like, I'm not worried about Houston. So I think as long as we can beat Cincinnati, I think whoever wins the Cincinnati Inter Miami game is going to win the Open Cup. That's, hey, that's don't sleep on thinking. Chicho Arango, all right? You can't sleep on that guy. That is fair. They did get a solid reinforcement, and I am low-key uh, a Chicho fan. And Diego Luna, who's been on a tear since the U.S. Uh, U-20 World Cup. But we've been on a tear since uh, last Friday. Yeah, Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. Um, so, Matthew, I am going to keep my answer the same. Uh, we're talking about, at least if you're asking me today what, how I feel about it, I think it's a coin flip. We're talking about the best team in the league who's dominating at home. They haven't lost a game all season. And we're going to be going up there into hostile territory. Um, we're not, we're not sure how many road games this team is going to play before that match. That could be the first road game for for Messi and Busquets and Farias and and all of these new these new players. Like, hopefully, it's not. But that's not necessarily how I would like to start our first away match is going into Cincinnati, you know, for a semifinal matchup um, in the Open Cup. But so, it is a month away. It is a month away. It is a winning, month, it, it, it is a month they're away. They're winning right now better. against uh, Chivas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, listen, they're a formidable opponent. I'm not going to, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, if you ask me the week before the match, it's possible that I will give it a much higher percentage chance. Um, if this team continues to play that the way that the way that they are, um, but I am still trying to get, I'm planning on being there for the game that day. So hopefully, you know, I walk in feeling super confident and walk out feeling really, really happy. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's too soon for me to feel like a, a change in my answer is appropriate. I'd give it, I'd give it a sixty-five percent. We just, you know. All the new players that are coming in just now—they're crazy talented, and I just—I like my chances. I like my chances now, sixty-five percent. I give it. Yeah, I—I I mean, I'm gonna stay at you know sixty to seventy percent. I think Cincy is probably one of the most well-built squads in MLS this year, and you know, yes, we have Lionel Messi, Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, and all the new young guys, but that Cincy team has just been on a tear this year and they look fantastic and they're playing fantastic, you know, and playing away at Cincy. Cincy has a fantastic atmosphere, a fantastic stadium. Now, the question for them will be, can they keep up that atmosphere in that stadium with the inevitably large amount of fans that will be there in not only Lionel Messi inner Miami kits, 
but in just Lionel Messi kits and not necessarily there for uh, FC Cincinnati. Now, th- that's going to be my biggest question for them and for their atmosphere. And, you know, oh. if they can get past that, then, you know, yeah, they're an extremely strong and formidable opponent. How much are tickets going for now? Because I've been meaning to get back home to, to Louisville, Cincy. Like, hour like, a, away. like 100 it's like $100 now? Is it $108? Uh, I, haven't, I haven't looked in the last few days, but when I looked on, it would have been, it would have been like Saturday. Um, I was seeing like upper bowl tickets for like three fifty. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to get lower bowl, it was like eight fifty per. And I'm not, I'm trying not to spend two grand for two tickets, but you know, depending on, depending on, how things go, I'm keeping an eye on it. Um, you know, and, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, potentially, if if the if the club releases uh, supporter groups, you know, away supporter group tickets, maybe I can grab a couple that way as well. Yeah, I need to go see mom and dad. That, that's high. I, I'm not going to drop eight hundred on them. Sorry, <laughs> I got I got two kids. But if, if if we can find something legit, you guys keep me posted, and uh, right, maybe right. crash in my house. I got two kids, grow. man. I don't have time for that either. It's tough. It's tough out here. Yeah. Well, my wife is very upset that I'm leaving, that I'm going to drive four hours midweek to go to a game, you know, spend the night and then come back the next day. She's not happy about it. But, you know, the things, these are the things that I, I had to, sure? I had to do, sure. I had to do some stuff to, to, to get the, to get the approval for this. Well, you know, while you're in Cincy, you know, it's the most underrated city in the U.S., better than New York City. Uh, Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. Every time. This is worse. This this take is almost as bad as your Indiana Valley take. They're 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 awful takes. Founded, too. And, Matthew, don't say anything. You don't like New York City, either. Uh, But What a bump. You got to go get, you know, some of those duck fries in downtown Cincy. Just... An absolute delicacy, and you know, enjoy it. You know, it's a great walk to the match there from their downtown area. The people of Cincy are fantastic, and you know, it's oh. going to be an absolutely amazing atmosphere. Downtown Cincy does slap. Can't confirm. Thank yeah. you. Has the has the best uh, Art Deco bar in the country. I went to some country bar. I went to Red's opening day with some friends. What was it like? I don't know, it was Alan Jackson, it was some famous country uh, singer. It was a dope time. It, yeah. I didn't like country like that. Well, when I went there, I had a, I was grabbing dinner at some bar that had like the famous duck fries. And, you know, I'm in inner Miami gear and going to walk to the match afterwards. And just fantastic people. I mean, you know, I ran into a guy there and, you know, we talked. You know, he bought me a round of drinks, bought me some duck fries. Just great city. It's mad underrated. Uh, anybody listening, I highly recommend going to Cincinnati. Great city. Yeah, I so think just, just a quick off-topic question. What's the uh, what's the general what's the general uh, thought about cruise ships? Do you guys enjoy going on cruise ships? Oh. <laughs> God, no. I. I and maybe I shouldn't go too deep into this because uh, Royal Caribbean is now a sponsor of Inter Miami. Uh, but you you could not pay me to go on a cruise ship. I love cruise ships. 
No. It is it is the most thoughtless, just like brain dump, do whatever you want, not give a shit about life kind of relaxation. And that is perfect for me. Like I love traveling. I love going and seeing places. But like, if I don't have to think for five days, oh, that's just that. But that's, that's anywhere in the like Caribbean. Chef, chef's kiss. That's true too. Yeah, that's also. But like, like I, I love the Caribbean. I'm a pirate. I, I travel. I go to the Caribbean as much as I possibly can. I agree. Just all on a cruise. Like, throw yeah. Throw an umbrella in my drink. If you can go to like Cuba, like I've been to Cuba. It's beautiful. Rum bottles for fucking seven dollars. It's amazing. Good old pack of Cuban cigars. Just yeah. Well, oh, yeah. oh, I miss those. But to get back on track, we, you know, and as we begin to wrap up here, uh, oh, we have a question. Have we talked about how Josef Martinez still can't score and how Tata Martino is not wanting to play Lionel Messi and Leo Campana at the same time? So, you know, yes, Josef Martinez, out of that front three, is the only one not to score yet. He had a goal disallowed against uh, Cruz Azul you know, because Messi was offside. But, you know, he still looked good. It was his dummy that allowed Messi to score a second goal against Atlanta. Oh, he's making good runs between the lines. You know, Josef Martinez seems to be revitalized, and the goals will come. As for the Messi-Campana combo, I this one baffles me, guys. I do not know why you know, Leo Campana hasn't gotten a single minute on the field at the same time as Leo Messi. That, that one just baffles me. I would say it's a uh, it's a very small sample size we're going off here. You know, we're only two games in. Let's give it time. If this is the case after say four games, five games, then yeah, there might be something there. But it could just be a tactical lineup of what what Tata's trying to do. I think at some point we're bound to see Campana and Leo together. Yeah, I agree with Jay on that point, one hundred percent. I think it's you know we're talking. You know what, 110, 112 minutes of total play um, with Messi on the field. So it's, it is too soon to tell. Um, I think it's obvious that there is, you know, a connection between Joseph and Messi and their style of play and patterns of play. Um, but as far as, you know, Joseph's execution, I thought he looked much better in the Cruz Azul game than he did in the Atlanta game. Um, you know, I think he was, the balls that were getting played into him in that Cruz Azul game um, put him in better positions to score. I think he only had the one shot that he rifled um, from the left side of the box over the, you know, over the goal um, in the Atlanta game. But he he has looked more goal dangerous than he has in, you know, the last three, four months of the season and the combination play between him and Messi have been, has been really impressive. I mean, that little, that little flick that Messi played to him um, in the run up to, I think it was Rob, was it Robbie Taylor's goal? Um, or maybe it was Messi's second goal. That, yeah, that, yeah, that, I flick, was, about that, that flick that was just, that little interplay was, was beautiful. It really was. Yeah. So yeah. And, and so, and, and I don't think Campana, 
necessarily provides that for Messi, but I definitely believe that he can that they can combine together. But that kind of that kind of you know that kind of combination play is special to watch. And they clearly are on the same page. But we did I'm see co- that with, with Campana and Martinez. I mean, almost like it was too much, like someone just needed to take the shot. But I, I, right. they both, I think, you know, have a little bit better understanding and, and kind of quick one-two passes, you know, better than I think a lot of people give them credit for. I'm going to disagree. I think that um, that rebound goal that Messi got, I think Joseph was set up to score that goal, but he kind of just stopped thinking that Messi was going to score. And Messi kept going. Joseph was right there for that goal. Yeah, but who's going to... Re- I mean, I feel like everyone on the pitch is not named Messi is probably under the assumption, like, Messi's going to take the shot, you know? Yeah, like, but, I don't... but a Joseph should, just from the talent, sheer talent, like, he should be there for the rebound. No, I, I, I mean, I agree. You know, I think Posa is best as a poacher right now. Oh, and, you know, moving forward with a player like Lionel Messi on the pitch. Oh, I think that if he was better set up and a little bit more aware, he would have gotten to that rebound. But at the same time, I feel like he saw Lionel Messi take the shot, saw that Messi continued his run even after he took the shot, and was like, well, there's no way in hell I'm going to, you know, steal a goal from Lionel Messi. Oh, that you know, if he did that, he may have been able to go home that night. But on that note, uh, we'll we'll begin to wrap up here. Uh, any last thoughts, uh, George? Uh just that I'm excited. I'm excited and a little disappointed that we have to wait until Wednesday next week uh, to watch this team play again. But excited that you know by the time Wednesday comes around we'll have a little bit more clarity as far as uh, some of these new arrivals hopefully they'll be training um, and maybe we'll get a chance to see them play with the squad uh, come Wednesday night but but yeah just just excited and um, really grateful to be you know to be here in this community with this fan base supporting this club and that you know all of the pain and the suffering, is starting to pay off. Um, and that's, that's great. Like the misery loves company is what is what the, this pod community and the discord community has kind of been built off of. And to enjoy this moment with all of you is really special. Yeah. I mean, I, I fully agree. You know, it's been an amazing ride and, you know, now we're truly seeing, you know, the fruits of you know, the labor of the club and you know, the labor of our, you know, love and commitment to the club. So it's really nice to see that all kind of finally pay off and pay off in a really big way. So, you know, I'm really excited for what the future holds. Uh, like you mentioned, Inter-Miami plays next on Wednesday, August uh, 2nd, against the winner of Group Suit uh, South 2. Yes, I know that's a bit weird. Miami's group, Group 3 South is the only group that plays a winner of another group, regardless of if they come in first or second. Uh, Miami is hosting that match, and if Miami advances past this match, they will, more likely than not, unless they face FC Dallas, 
also host in the round of 16 matchup. But for now, Miami does have to get past either Orlando, Houston, or Santos Laguna to advance to that round of 16. And we will know our opponent on Saturday night when Orlando City or the Tiny Kitties United play uh, Santos Laguna to decide the winner of that group. Jay, any final final thoughts, final words? No. Uh, I mean, you got summed it up uh, perfectly. And, and I'm right in line with George. Like, this is, this is what makes it all worth it, right? All the suffering and everything. And I really hope that everything works out. I would love to play. Uh, you know, I guess I'm going to start calling them, um, you know, Banksy City. You know, I can't wait to play our little uh, street artists, little brothers up to, to the north. I, I really want this lineup. I know there have been several people that said, you know, they, they don't want to play Orlando. They'd much rather play Santos. And, and that's fair. Like, I understand, like, Santos is, is not as good of a team. But, man, given everything, given the storyline of this game, that that's what I want to see. But just hang in there, guys. It's going to be a hell of a finish to the season. Yeah. Just, I, uh, just happy it's all working out finally. Yeah, I fully agree. Well, on that note, thank you again to everybody for joining us for this week's episode of Trav Chats. Uh, you can catch this recorded version live on the uh, Inner Miami podcast, you know, on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be up you know, first thing the morning or afternoon following when we record. Uh, if this is your first time listening, Trav Chats, we record live on Twitter Spaces every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Uh, make sure to check Check us out and check out the Inter Miami podcast at in, uh, Inter MIA podcast on Twitter. You know, check out myself at IMCF Traveler, my great co-host at Jorge DTA, both on Twitter. And you know, give us a like and you know, give us a follow. And you know, just so many more great things are to come. On that note. We will end this Trav Chat the way that we end every single Trav Chat with a good old Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great day.